Hey guys, bit of a different episode today. I've got Andre Pereira of Bright Advocates in to discuss buying a first home. Now, Andre's experience is a little bit unique, which is why I've got him on the show. He has come from basically buying his first home. And then once he went through that experience, he's decided to become a buyer advocate. His perspective of A, his experience, but B, what actually happens with first home buyers and and where they go wrong or where they can make mistakes is um, quite valuable, I think. I hope you enjoy. Cheers. Hello and welcome to the First Homeowner Concierge Podcast, where our sole target is to get you into your first home. Now on to today's topic. Andre, we've got you here to talk about your experience buying a first home. What is unique about your situation is that you purchased your first home and you went through the experience of purchasing your first home um, and then you became a buyer advocate. So you've kind of got a really unique perspective on how this works. Um, Let's just roll back on your experience, firstly through the purchase and then obviously why you've become a buyer agent as a result of your experience buying the property take us back yeah thanks will and thanks for inviting me yeah definitely that first experience buying uh, our first uh, family home was crucial in career in becoming a buyer's agent and um, yeah reflecting back when we don't know much about property we start to read things listening to things and the first thing that we come across is these investment strategies like uh, renovation subdivision etc and we can get a bit caught up of what that actually means and what it actually takes to do those things so in a way when me and my wife we were looking for first family home i had this investment mindset but i actually didn't know what it means and to buy a good investment yeah Um, we started by looking at uh, the low end of the market at that time a three-bedroom home around Frankston, they would sell for that 500,000. Uh, and as a first home buyer, and I think that's a mistake that a lot of first home buyers do is, because it's a bit unknown of, there's a lot of unknowns in buying your first home, we always want to play safe. And a lot of times to play safe is to look on the cheap side. So that's what I was doing a lot. I was looking on the cheap side of the market and just trying to find a cheap deal, right? And one thing that I was doing, because I, I, I knew that the value is on the land, I was actually calculating the price per square meter. So the price right. when the price per square, square meter was good, I was like, oh, it's a good deal. But in fact, actually looking back, it wasn't, right? Because uh, buying land just for the sake of land, it's, it's not a good first home that's what something i've realized right so you were looking at it more as kind of kind of with an investor mind and boiling it down to price per square meter how many properties do you reckon you did that with maybe five ten until we got ours we missed out on a few also there was one that the building and pest uh, 
came with structural damages and we pulled out. Um, yeah, but so I feel like looking back and analyzing back, uh, I think it's very important to be clear what type of property you are looking. If you are looking for an investment, really look for an investment. But if you look looking for a family home, look for a family home. Yeah. And I felt that our personally and my wife too, we were not very clear what we wanted. So we were trying to buy a hybrid between a family home and an investment. And I think that's also a mistake because we were not clear on that. Looking on something that you can live on the long term, right? Uh, looking for something that uh, allows for changes like having kids, right? So you, also that's something that me and my wife, we didn't consider at the time. We bought a two bedroom thinking it's okay, but we outgrow it quite fast after uh, one kid and another one on the way, we realize, oh, actually we have to upsize. Yeah. So also considering those changes, it's important. Yeah, I think it's a hard, it is hard now because as time goes by, property goes up more. And some people want to, some people actually do think ahead and they're trying to plan for this stuff. But realistically, where we are, you're paying 800, 850 grand for that. Whereas a lot of first homeowners now just can't afford. Mm times change so it, it really depends on what what your options are but That's i right. guess you're saying by the sounds of it you had a few options and really you look you only looked at it from one angle and the cheaper option yeah yeah and there's nothing wrong in buying a stepping stone right yeah it, it, and if that's what you can afford buy the stepping stone but if you're buying the stepping stone understand what's the exit strategy yeah. What can you do to upgrade to your family home later on in the future? Can you renovate or can you can you make a room can you make a living space a, an extra bedroom so you can so your family can last longer in the property is in a good location that you like to live in, right? So understanding this the exit strategy is very important in buying the stepping stone, which a lot of home buyers will have to do. Yeah, right. I don't think a lot of first-time buyers have the privilege to buy their forever family home, right? Mm. I'm just curious. I just want to go back to the actual process of basically from when you st first started planning. Did you have any kind of hiccups or hurdles throughout the actual buying process? Or were you one of the rare ones where it kind of just basically everything happened, it got approved, it settled on time. With the search or with the um, negotiation? Or? With, yeah, with the whole lot, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I think um, definitely the wrong advice from a broker really set us back for a long time. Because yeah. the broker said that we couldn't borrow at that time and we ended up renting. And while we were renting, we found out we could borrow. Right. <laughs> with, uh, with Commonwealth Bank, <laughs> one of the main banks in Australia. So also having that advice, uh, the good advice from the start in terms of the borrowing capacity yeah. or which lender will uh, uh, 
give you the right loan is very important. So uh, getting a good mortgage broker, it's crucial. Um, and after from the search, I think it's keeping in touch with the agents, inspecting properties, if you can, during the week. And one thing that I think is very important for first home buyers to understand is the process. To make it very clear what the process of buying a home looks like. And that's something that we didn't know. So the fact that we didn't know the process and what were the action steps in purchasing a home make the whole process very yeah. stressful and also we were always scrambling for things at last minute. I think that's one of like one of the things I see from my side of things is that if people don't hire good help, so a good broker like you said, um, or a good conveyancer, then they are relying on themselves to understand everything. That's right. And this is a very important point, right? Because a first homeowner is not an expert in finance, is not an expert in property. They don't know about this stuff. There's some sorts of people that want to know everything to feel comfortable, to f try and control the situation. Yeah. And that's fine. But you should always acknowledge that you actually are not an expert. And if you try and control it, then the probability that mistakes are going to happen is going to increase. So what you actually should do is put good people who are experts around you so that if there's something to worry about, you get told about it. So that's what I find with the clients that generally have a good experience is they just say, Will, we just want to, we just want to know what matters. We trust you. You're on top of things. Tell us what we need to know so that we're not making any massive mistakes. And generally those types of clients are the best clients that work well with me because um, I take care of them. I'm running a small business, so I've got a reputation to uphold. Bad Google reviews don't look good. So yeah. that's what I find. I find people have a really bad experience because they just don't have the assistance there to make good decisions. And when good decisions aren't made in a process that's generally involving you know, half a million dollars or so, um, bad things can happen. Um, and that's when the stress piles on. Understanding the process and understanding what professionals are responsible for certain parts of the process, right? Yeah. And understanding your limitation as a home buyer or first home buyer and wisely choose professionals that can you can rely on like building and pest inspectors conveyances mortgage broker uh, or buyers agents and uh, yeah just having that advice and after from that advice you can make uh, a decision right because uh, at yeah. the end of the day it's you that have to make a decision we're going to move along because we don't want to spend too long people these days don't have too long attention spans, yeah, so, um, especially first homeowners, um, <laughs> no offense. So tell us about the journey. Obviously you went through that experience and then you've decided to become a buyer advocate. So out of that experience of buying your first home, what did you feel like you could, you could bring? Um, because obviously you wouldn't just start a business up if you didn't think you could help people in a certain way. Yeah, so that experience really uh, made me understand there was a gap in the market, right? Because it was very clear to me when I was uh, purchasing the property that I was not the client. I was just uh, the buyer, right? 
and the client of the real estate agent is the vendor and that's that's who are they representing and for me that was clear and i realized there's a gap here uh, in terms of someone representing the buyer and from that experience that's what really uh, got me into study uh, real estate and uh, doing the license and going through the pro- to, through that process to understand more how I could help first home buyers in that process, how could we guarantee a good result for them, right? So, and by the buyers having some representation in that transaction would make a a more fair game for both parties, right? Yeah. Um, That's something I understood, that's something I resonate with. Yeah, that's how I help my clients also uh, representing them and negotiating on their behalf and I'm, I'm very familiar with the process. I'm very familiar with also the negotiation strategies that agents use to also, uh, bring more money to the table. So just being aware of it and it's the first step to kind of having a good outcome. To close the show out, let's go over. What do you think the main thing is that first home buyers need to do or know? What, what's the most important thing when it comes to buying your first home? Firstly, I think uh, getting ready financially, know how much money you can spend, understanding your repayments too, and after from that, uh, creating a clear strategy of what they want, right? If they want to buy their first home so they can buy an investment property later, just really understand that process, understand how it looks like, what do they have to do to achieve that, and uh, and after that, by having that uh, clarity they can narrow search uh, better right so they can start uh, identifying pockets and I- identifying properties that would suit their strategy and if your if your goal is to have a cute little home and live there for the 10 20 years that's your strategy right so everybody has a strategy so uh, but having that uh, clarity and after from that really understanding the process and from that process also consulting with the professionals that are responsible for different parts of the process and just relying on them to have good advice and clear information. Excellent, mate. Yeah, I'll, I'll chime in because, because this is my podcast, so <laughs> I'll have my two cents. Yeah, I, I think, and people that would have seen my other content You've just got to get started somehow. What a lot of people do is think, I'm not ready, and that's fine, but to get ready, you need to take the first step. And the first step could be anything. It could be talking to your parent, but generally for most people, it's actually getting in touch with an expert. And generally that's the mortgage broker because they are setting up the finance and to set up the finance, the broker needs to be there at the start yeah, and through to settlement. Yeah. So you need to sort your finance out. So whether that's with a bank or with a broker, that's the first step you need to take. And quite often it's just momentum from there because the broker is saying, well, this is what you need to do next. This is what you need to do next. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're just following directions and next thing you know, you've got a pre-approval and you know it's time to go shopping. That's right. So it can happen um, amazingly quick. I remember when I bought my first home, that was like 2009. So 
I can't remember it very well, but I actually just remember sitting in it in the kitchen going like two days after it settled, I had no furniture in there yet. And I was just thinking, oh, how, how did this happen? I'm an adult now. I've made it. You're responsible. You have a mortgage now. Yeah, I know. Now I've got a lifetime of debt. Andre, thanks for popping in. We might get you back in to actually explain what a buyer's advocate does in a bit more detail. But thank you for coming in. Yeah, thanks for inviting me, Will. All right, cheers. If you want to find Andre, he is, you can search Bright Advocates or get in touch with me and um, I've got his details. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the First Homeowner Concierge Podcast. If you've got any questions or you would like to get into your own home or you just want to stalk me online, you can search Will Bell Mortgage Broker on either Google or Facebook.